Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here on the Jiggy Jaguar show, speaking with Scott, uh, the old Navy captain, bodybuilder extraordinaire. Uh, Man, you've you've got a heck of a background. Uh, explain to us how you got how you go from being in the Navy to bodybuilding. Well, um, in January the first, two thousand four. I'm not going to do a long dialogue here, but yeah. I, there are some important dates. I was a sixty year old, one hundred and fifty eight pound, out of shape, retired U.S. Navy captain. And um, after my retirement from the Navy, you know, I no longer had to really stay fit. It wasn't required. Yeah. I did have some health issues, and I really wanted to continue with a, a good condition diet program. So, actually, it, it was my wife. Um, I was working on the gym, and she kept saying, "You know, you look pretty good. You look pretty good." Um, and she kind of pushed me a little bit and said, "You know, you ever thought about competing?" And uh, I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Doing a bodybuilding show. Why not?" And I couldn't believe I heard myself say, "Okay, I will." And <laughs> so, um, about June first of 2004, I began a 10-month journey to get ready to stand up on stage at the 2005 NPC Northern Kentucky Bodybuilding Championship in tiny posing suit as a 61-year-old bantamweight grandmaster bodybuilder. So wow. that's, that's how I got there. Um, anyway, I began working with a personal trainer who shared my goals. He wanted to help me. Um, and obviously, at the time, I had a high body fat and I was, I, you know, first thing he did was change my diet, so gone were the cheeseburgers, the ice cream, the french fries, the chocolates, the potato chips, and I started losing weight, and I started getting down. By every day, I was down 139 pounds. I looked pretty good, but not very cut, but my waist went from 33 to 30. I added a little muscle here, a little muscle there, and I continued to work out. Then on New Year's Day, 2005, I began that typical 12-week contest diet so I could get down to bantam weight, which was 143 and a half pounds. And um, two weeks before the, the show, they were really, really tough because, you know, you know after every, you know, you've got cardio depletion and you're really getting tired, uh, lack of carbs, fat burning, cutting phase. It really took its toll, but I hung in there and stood on the stage on, on March uh, 2005 at the Northern Kentucky and I wound up, of course, uh, falling flat on my sword. I took last in open men's bantam weight class six out of six, and they didn't have a 60-plus class, but they had a 50-plus class, and I took 10th out of 11. But I learned a lot. <laughs> wow. And three weeks later, I competed in a natural show, a show that uh, tests for steroids and andros and prescription diuretics and growth hormones and testosterone boost, and I wound up taking three trophies at that show. I won the men's 60-plus class. I won the, the novice lightweight, which is 165 pounds and below. I took third in that, and I took third in the open men's short class. So I realized um, that I was on the right track. Uh, obviously, when you're standing up on a stage at an NPC show, the guys are all going to be bigger because those who decide to uh, get involved in, in muscle-enhancing drugs are, are going to always, always look bigger, but I'm a natural bodybuilder, always will be. But uh, in the end, um, uh, since that time, as of last Saturday, uh, I've done 11 bodybuilding competitions. I've won 20 trophies, including third in the world in um, 60 plus and the world championships in Toronto last June. And I've won several first place and several second place, and I've never finished less than third in any competition I've been in since that very first one. And since that was the only competition that I've never won a trophy, um, I decided to go back to the Northern Kentucky this March because I, I felt there was some unfinished business, and I stood up with the same type of guys, but this time in the men's 60-plus, and there were nine of us, and I placed third, and so I brought home my trophy from the Northern 2006 Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky but I left uh, at the 2005, so I've now trophied in every Kentucky contest I've ever entered in terms of the organization. Dang. Uh, and... Uh, and one of the things uh, that I really wanted to do this year, you know, I, at the end of last year, I was named uh, uh, 
uh, bodybuilding.com's Bodybuilder of the Week, which is kind of yeah. nice because I, they don't have very many 60-year-olds uh, win that. I think I'm number 154 in the field, and of the first 154, I think two of us were over 60. And then I was also named the Midwest Christian Bodybuilder of the Month for the month of October, and I was featured in uh, Fame Magazine, the World, World Natural Sports Organization, as an up-and-coming uh, bodybuilder at 61. They call me an up-and-coming star, so... <laughs> wow. you know, I had some some interesting uh, notoriety. My local Birmingham newspaper did a uh, couple of page spread that people still say, "Hey, I read about you in the paper." When they see me once in a while walking around, and of course, I have a bodybuilding website called www.bodybuildingsenior.com. www.bodybuildingsenior.com. Now, all of that said, um, let's forget <laughs> about the uh, the ego part of why I'm doing this. Uh, there, I've got really three reasons why I'm doing it. Okay, uh, yeah, go ahead and get into those. The, the first is uh, some health issues. Uh, my dad and grandpa died of diabetes at an early age. And when I turned 50, I was a Navy commander at the time, and the corpsman who gave me a, a very large, big, heavy-duty physical said, uh, Sir, uh, uh, you know, your heart rate is fine, your pulse is excellent, your EKG is outstanding, but by the way, your cholesterol is 258, and you've got the start of a cataract, and that uh, looks like a little bit of glaucoma coming on from a pressure test. Uh, those are all pre-diabetic symptoms, and I knew right then that uh, I was on the same track that my father and grandfather uh, were on and died from, and I decided at that point that that was not going to happen to me. So at 50, I began a really aggressive diet and training program that eventually led me to the ultimate uh, when I retired from the Navy uh, when I was 60 back in 2003 uh, to this bodybuilding uh, work that I'm doing now. So the first issue is health, personal. The second, yeah. and this is has to do a lot with my website, um, I'm working uh, online and on websites uh, through fax, uh, emails, and uh, in-person work with guys my age and women my age and some that are a little younger who have health issues. And my message to them is, hey, if old lady with his health issues can get as fit as I can be to be able to compete with 20- and 30-year-olds and win trophies, and put down that remote, stop watching ESPN, and let's go to the gym and get fit and get your lifestyle in order, get your diet in order, get your training in order. You don't have to do a bodybuilding show, but you don't have to sit there and feel sorry for yourself because you have a few ailments. And the third um, most important role that I'm playing in all of this, especially on some of the bodybuilding sites where I, where I frequent and post, um, and also through emails and um, chats, um, I'm working with younger guys who um, want to stick a needle up their butt and take yeah. shortcuts. They want to be, they want to get steroids, and they want to know how to get them. They want to talk about deep ball and what. I want to look big, and I want to be huge, and I want to grow huge muscles in three weeks, and I know how to do it. All I have to do is get steroids. And my message to these guys, and that's one of the reasons I've done four NPC shows that do not test for steroids, because I want to have that credibility. I've won six trophies in NPC shows. And I want to be able to say to these kids, hey, if, I can, if Old Navy can stand up there and be competitive and win trophies in, in non-tested shows as a natural athlete, you don't need steroids for whatever sport that you want to enter. And I've really been successful at that. I've turned off a lot of young men who might otherwise have decided to uh, play the deadly game of steroid use to get big. Wow. So you, you mentioned earlier... Uh, getting your diet in order and getting your training in order and, mm -hmm. you know, getting off the couch and everything. Take us through the steps on how you would get those things in order just from the novice person. Let's say someone hears this interview and decides, you know, well, maybe I want to jump in there. How, how do you do it? Well, first thing, you have to want to do it. And what you can say, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds in four weeks. Or I want to lose, four, uh, four, you know, 50 pounds in, in, in six months. What you really want to say is, hey, I want to lose two pounds. I want yeah. to add a little bit of muscle. You've got to set a goal that's realistic. You, you can't set a goal that is so far out there that it's something that you want, but you're never going to do it. You know, no one is going to say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. You may lose 50 pounds, but if that's your goal, I'd rather say, I want to lose 5 pounds, and then go ahead and lose that. Okay, now I want to lose 5 more. Go ahead and do that. And then eventually that 50 pounds will come. But part of it is diet. Uh, just like I said, you give up the cheesecake, and you give up the french fries, and all of the fast foods, and you give up uh, uh, sweet tea, and you give up sugar, and you give up, 
And, and the other thing is you, you eat more frequently. You know, the, and we're used to breakfast, bam, lunch, yeah. bam, dinner, bam. And that's not the way you can lose weight because all those spikes oh, yeah. do things for you. So yeah. eat, eat, more, eat smaller meals and eat them more frequently. I eat five meals a day. And two of my meals are protein shakes. And the rest of my meals are some egg whites, yeah. broiled chicken, baked fish, broiled fish, turkey. Very good. Turkey's one of the best. Uh, turkey bread. Oh, uh, yeah. The green vegetables, spinach, string beans, broccoli, uh, asparagus. Excellent. But none of it with butter, none of it with sauce. A little bit of lemon is fine. A little bit of pepper is fine. A little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of onion powder. Those yeah. type of, of ingredients are, are very great for the diet, very great for the overall health. And, and people will say, Scott, how do you eat eight, eight egg whites? Well, it's very simple. I, I go to the grocery store and get the cartons of egg whites, not the yeah. egg eaters, but the egg whites, I'll take a cup of those, pour them in a blender, put a scoop of protein powder in there, which cuts, which, which I'm going to add a little bit of water to that. Oh, really? Smoothie. It makes a very tasty smoothie, plus you get the extra kick from the protein powder, and you get the eight egg whites, and you're not, you're not trying to be rocky, you know, sucking, sucking the, the yolks down, having them drip down your face, yeah. <laughs> your chest. What you're doing is you're making a very rich, uh, uh, tasty shake with the protein powder. So I have a well, I have every morning for breakfast with a scoop of protein powder, and that starts my day right after my workout. And wow. the other thing is, is, the last meal of the day is probably the most important meal that you'll that you'll ever lose weight from because, um, you know, during the day if you have pasta, if you have ice cream, if you have a, a, a piece of pizza, you're going to burn most of that off when you are doing your regular getting up and down, going up and down the stairs. Uh, uh, running back and forth, driving to work, uh, uh, going to the water cooler, whatever you do in your job, whether it's outside or inside, you're going to burn everything off. But after dinner, normally what you do is you sit down, you go online, you watch a DVD, you read a book, you're on the phone, on a cell phone talking, yeah. you're hanging out, and, and then you go to bed. So everything that you put in your stomach at night, if you burns it off, it's going to store for future use. And yeah. stores in the fat. So the best way to avoid that is have your last meal be the type of meal that doesn't give you the advantage or give, give you the indication that you're going to have to store fat. For instance, uh, a nice piece of fish, a nice piece of beef, a nice piece of turkey, and two cups of vegetables. That's it. Wow. Forget the bread, forget the butter, forget the cake, forget the pie, forget the ice cream, forget the pasta, forget the cheesecake, any of that stuff, because you can have that stuff for lunch. If you really want it, have it at lunch. If you burn it off, but don't have it at dinner. So that when you go to bed, what your yeah. body will burn is the beef and the vegetables, and it will uh, lose them about a pound a week, and it will stay off. Nice. Wow. That is, <laughs> that, that is interesting. And it works. I've helped a lot of... Uh, but a lot of people don't want to go on these crazy diets. So what I say to them, I, I give the same talk I just you. I said, okay, tell me, tell me about your your day. Well, okay, I have a steak and he's a baked potato with a little bit of bread on it, and a nice piece of bread, and I have a piece of cheesecake dessert and some salad and with some vinegar and Parmesan cheese on it. Well, you know, I get you get rid of all of that stuff, and you have the beef and the vegetables and leave everything else for for lunch. You're gonna, you're gonna lose weight. Yeah. Okay, now now that the diet's taken care of, what what do you do with the training? Well, um, the, right now I'm the type of training that you don't want to be in. Yeah. It's very very hard. I'm uh, I've got I'm going to the World Championships in three weeks in Florida, which is the same WNSO um, World Bodybuilding Championships, but it's a four-day event in Toronto, and probably have about 500 competitors in fitness. Figure, bodybuilding, model search, any, any several other activities going on there, plus a big expo. Last year I placed third in the world in men's two plus, and I placed six out of six in the uh, open, advanced open men's lightweight. So my goal this year wow. is to be in the top five in the open men's lightweight and to win the world championship. So, <laughs> so I'm doing type of workout now that will would kill. Um, most people, because it's really, yeah. it's called the advanced GA, and it involves uh, uh, failure on every set with minimum rest in between. So very heavy weights, minimum rest, lots of rest. That's not nearly what you should be doing. Uh, yeah. You depend on me. 
biceps. Yeah. Go through the same motion on Tuesday, legs and calves. On Wednesday, chest and triceps. On Thursday, shoulders, maybe some more biceps because you want to build up the biceps. And Friday, yeah. do another set of legs and calves. The, the way this works best is don't get yourself in an exercise rut. Every week, change your routine. So if you're using, if you're using dumbbells one week for chest work, use machines next week for your chest work, and use barbells the third week for chest work, and then back to uh, dumbbells again. The same thing for legs, use a machine or use uh, free weights. And the same thing for shoulders and biceps. Do cables sometimes and do dumbbells sometimes. Yeah. And what I really to do, and this is where you really start building muscle, is I try to super every exercise. So if I'm doing chest, I'll do a set of chest for 10 reps. I'll immediately go over and do dips. If I'm doing shoulder, military press on shoulders, yeah. as soon as I finish the military press on shoulders, I'll, I'll drop down and immediately do 10 push-ups. Nice. So I'm setting every single set to just give you the extra push. Now, here's really the, the secret. You've got to do cardio. You've got oh, yeah. to do cardio. You've got to do cardio. The cardio lean you out, and cardio after you work out, not before, after you work out, will enhance what you've done in the gym using the weight. The cardio just adds an extra dimension that will help you grow muscle. So my cardio right now, I said I, uh, my, I talk about my age. I'm also doing hit cardio, which is high-intensity time training, and that involves uh, five minutes of 10-degree elevation, followed by five 20-40 splits, which means 20 seconds at about eight or nine miles an hour, and you immediately go from 40 seconds down to about six. You go back up to eight or nine or 10, 40 seconds down. You go back up eight or nine or 10, three seconds down. You do that five times. Yeah. Uh, elevated at 10 degrees, and then you uh, do 25 minutes of uh, of um, uh, elevated a, moderate yeah. speed cardio. And I do cardio right now on Monday and Thursday, and I do um, the GH heavy duty workout on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on Friday I do a full body power workout where I'm going to fifth failure at the fifth rep, doing uh, five reps of everything. 10, about 50, uh, 30 seconds of rest between, and I'm repeating a whole cycle eight times. So it's really killing me. <laughs> wow. But on the, in the last show, um, I think the proof of the pudding is a year ago I competed in the 2005 same um, SNBF, which is Supernatural Bodybuilding Federation show in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. I placed first in men's 60, and I placed sixth in open men's short, which means I stood in the wings and watch the five guys win their trophies. Uh, I made up my mind I was going to try not not to have that happen again. So this year I went back to the same show after a huge year of growth and uh, heavy-duty work. Yeah. And I dropped down an age class and took second in men 50-plus, and I took third in open men short against 20- and 30-year-olds. So now I'm 63 now. So to me that was a huge accomplishment, and I think it really bodes well for my next competition in three weeks at the uh, World Championships in Toronto. Hopefully, I will win that. How did the drill coming off stage? I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told too many yeah. people, because I've got one more plan. You should always have a plan, and it's not to lose 50 pounds, but my plan is um, after the, uh, 50, the show in June in Toronto, I'm going to take five months off to put on some size, and in November, I'm going to go up to Toronto to the International Drug-Free Athletics, IDFA, um, Canadian Classic, and take a shot at winning my uh, master's pro card. But nice. to do that, I, just, I only have to do one thing to do that. I have to win the 50-plus class. <laughs> <laughs> so at 63, I'm going to take a shot at my master's pro by competing in the 50-plus class, and that's why I'm taking the five months off to see if I can add some uh, mass and some weight and uh, get up there and, and be, be competitive and see if I can... Uh, sneak in and win a, win a master's pro card. Then, then uh, what I would do after that, uh, I am a personal trainer. Uh, all the things that I told you about earlier about my three motivations, um, I'd like to maybe compete as a master for a you know, 2007 season, maybe a couple of shows, and maybe a couple in 2008, and then teach, help other guys uh, to, to 
learn how to pose. I've won best male poser in two competitions as a 60-year-old, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I want to teach this. I want to teach people about nutrition, about diets, about training, about getting ready for a contest. And right now I'm working, as I said, with several people uh, long distance, both old and young, helping them prepare for contests. And that's part of my site, www.bodybuildingsenior.com. I've had more than 20,000 visits to that site since I put it up in January. Wow. I'll tell you, the, the, the posing aspect seems to be, um, it's not a very well, I don't know what you say, merchandised uh, aspect. You don't really find a lot of posing videos or the like out there that that are anything different. They're all cookie cutter things. So I, I admire you for uh, trying to go with that route and teach people. Well, one of the, the best available uh, is a guy named Russ Testo, R U S S T E S T O, and he has a, a website, RustTesto.com, and he offers a a, uh, a very very good posing video, and he has been a guest poser. And he's been in the business for about uh, 20, 25 years, and uh, he's posed with the Arnold Classic, and he's, uh, you know, Arnold Schwartz. He posed for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I would invite him to his shows, and uh, he's put together a really, really great video. And I actually, uh, in preparation for this season, um, I flew up to Albany, New York, where uh, where Russ lives, and I worked with him for three days to fine-tune my posing and to help me develop my posing routine which won Best Male Poser uh, in uh, my first contest this year. So I would recommend if any young aspiring or old aspiring bodybuilder is interested in learning a little bit about posing, uh, Russ Testo's uh, uh, tape and Russ Testo's website, again, R-U-S-S-T-E-S-T-O. It's superb, and I totally, I fully recommend it. As a matter of fact, I'm going up, uh, uh, you know, if I make pro, I'm going to work with uh, Russ to help me develop a routine for the pro circuit. Nice. So what, you know, posing, posing is, uh, is it, it's, it's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. you know, I like to work, I like to do the individual posing routine. Now, at each contest, you're either required to do a 60-second or a 90-second routine choreographed to your own music. Yeah. A lot of guys don't take this seriously because they, it's not graded, it's not part of the contest. But to me, I take it seriously because it's part of the entertainment package of the audience. We're trying to attract an audience to the bodybuilding competitions, and, and you know they want to be entertained. What they don't want to see is a guy standing up there going, do the do the do the pose, do the do the do the pose, do the do the do the pose. They want to see some creativity and some fun. They want to see the bodybuilder have a good time, and see him entertained. So that's what I do. Um, I I usually tell a story with my routine. I did a takeoff last year on um, Glenn Miller's uh, um, um, St. Louis Blues March. Oh yeah, and, and I and I gave a uh, tribute to our fighting men in our armed forces, and it always was very well received. This year, I'm doing a tribute to all men and women everywhere who raise their children and do uh, dangerous work every day. Uh, and and it's, just, it's called lunch break, and I do a trip. I, I do a takeoff on any tennis gear and it's scored 16 tons, and it works. And I want a posing uh, best poser for that kind of, for that one. So I want a best poser for uh, my routine last year, and I've won one this year. But more importantly, um, uh, at the World Championships in Toronto, yeah. the posing routine, which I wish would happen in more competitions, actually counts as 40% of your score. The symmetry round, which are the quarter turns, counts as 30% of your score. And the mandatory round, which are the eight or nine poses, you know, front double bicep, lap spread, uh, oh, side yeah. chest, is 30%. So actually the posing routine is graded and it is scored at the World Championship. Nice. And uh, if more did that, <laughs> more guys would take it seriously. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, even the posing, um, I've seen very, very good bodybuilders lose placements in a competition because they didn't know how to show their body. They, they were all tight and hunched over in a side chest pose instead of showing the, the, the mass of their pectorials and their, and their, you know, everything, you know, their tight um, abs, they're all hunched over and, and rolled over, and they look odd. And, you know, when they're, when they're doing their lat spread or uh, doing a rear lat spread, they're throwing their shoulders really far forward. They're looking like the 
it's not looking good. They're not showing themselves to their best advantage. So posing is really important because, you know, you worked hard, you trained for a year, you dieted for 13 weeks, if you get up there and you don't know how to show it, then you're wasting your time and you're going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. It, it just it just seems to be the, the case where people either don't take the time or they take too much time. Can someone over-prepare for a bodybuilding contest? Is that possible? No, because there are so many things that you have to worry about. You have to worry about your tanning. Yeah. You have to worry about your posing suit. You have to worry about your haircut. You have to worry about your your week of competition diet. You have to worry about your posing oil. You have to worry about your your uh, you know the last minute preparation, getting to the venue, making sure that you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. It's really and that one, uh, one of my one of the things that's worked well so well for me is I have a military background, so therefore I'm I'm highly disciplined and. You know, you don't have to tell me to get ready. It's, it's time to go. I mean, I figure out when I'm supposed to be ready to get time to go. I know when I'm supposed to go pump up. I know when I'm supposed to apply that last bit of uh, uh, hot stuff to bring in the vascularity. Yeah. I know when I'm supposed to do continue to pump and get ready to go. And when I get ready to stand up there, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk on that stage. Uh, you can't overtrain for this. I mean, you can overtrain by being in the gym too long. I mean, when I said earlier, you should you shouldn't spend any more than an hour and a half in the gym, five days a week, and that includes your cardio. You really don't need any more than that if you have a good. If you don't mess around, I mean, if you're in there and you're gossiping and you're standing around and you're talking and you're you're scratching yourself between sets and, and you know you're taking mm-hmm. your time, yeah. then you're not going to get it done. But if you are, if you move about the gym and, and purposely know that you're training for a competition, and let other people know that you're training for a competition, so they'll leave you alone. But more importantly, if you can get yourself a good training partner who shares the same goals and is perhaps even training for a show, that's the best because he'll push you, you'll push him, he'll do negatives for you, you'll do negatives for him, and you guys will both grow together. And my training partner happens to be uh, a 27-year-old, 210-pound, um, uh, genetically gifted policeman. And uh, oh. his name is Dave Gallahan, and uh, I, I also trained him for his first show and one, and one of the reasons I, I, Dave came to me is that, uh, you know, he wanted to do a show, and uh, the guys in the gym, uh, the, the typical big guys in the gym, you know yeah. what I mean, came up to him and said, uh, hey, man, you really look awesome, but you really ought to take yourself up to the next level with some stuff I think you can help you get. What do you think? And he says, excuse me, I'm a cop. Oh, yeah, excuse me, man. <laughs> you know, that's, that's oh, my God. <laughs> He was, he was disappointed because he really wanted to do a show, and he thought the only thing available to him was the NCC. And I pointed out to him that there's the OSB, which is the Organization of Champion Bodybuilders. There's the SNBF, the Supernatural Natural Bodybuilding Federation, the INDF, International Natural Bodybuilding Federation, the NGA, National Gym Association, the IDFA. All of these are national organizations that test their athletes for a five-year non-use of all of those products I described earlier. And so uh, uh, Dave decided that, okay, he would do a, a natural show, so we began an aggressive uh, team. He was my training partner, but I was his trainer. And in about uh, six months of hard work, I took him to his first show, which was an NCC show, the NCC Atlantic USA. Yeah. And I decided to compete in that show also. That was in February of this year. It was my first show of the year, and his. He placed first in men's novice and second in light heavyweight. He came in at 197 and a half pounds. And so he did his first show, wow. uh, a non-tested show. I took at that very same show uh, first in bantamweight, first time I'd ever won an open. Uh, I placed third a few times, but I never won an open. I took first in bantamweight. I took second in men's 50-plus, and I took uh, first in men's 60-plus. So but we brought home five trophies between us. In, our, in his first show, which was really cool. Nice. Why do you believe, well, one, one last question before we get out of here. Why do you think um, we've had uh, we've had Ron Kopoff on before who followed uh, Vince Gironda's message who was real outspoken about uh, the bodybuilding world in regards to the, to the drug situation. Why do you think there are more older guys, master's class bodybuilders coming out and, you know, jumping all over these younger guys for taking the cheap way out, and guys like Ronnie Coleman with the insulin and things like that. Well, part of it is this. 
I'm I'm going to be tough on this because it's the yeah. way I feel. I, I think those guys. I wouldn't go across. I wouldn't do another MTC show. I've done four of them. I will not do another show because to me, if you're going to stand up there, be the best you can be and put it on the line and stand up there with like-minded people who are the best they can be and who put it on the line without, you know, who can spend the most money on on uh, muscle enhancement drugs to hurt yourself. Um, it, it's just. And I think more and more, the NPC, which is the feeder for the IBFF, the pro circuit, yeah. is, is little by little dying like a dinosaur. The, uh, I'll give you two examples. The um, American Classic Show, which was done in Auburn, Alabama last yeah. year, uh, attracted a total of 20 bodybuilders, total, men and women, wow. and they canceled the 2006 show. Um, a guy did a show here recently in Birmingham, Alabama, called The Balkans. He had 30 uh, competitors, and he'll probably wind up not doing the show next year. I went to an in, I went to a uh, the same uh, show in Marietta. We had yeah. 85 competitors. I went to the o, to the OCD Spirit of America in Cape Cod. We had 100 competitors, natural athletes. More and more, uh, the the uh, athlete is realizing. And you can have more fun. I mean, look, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if we've got another couple of minutes, I do want oh, to yeah, go ahead. A, yeah. a couple of quick horror stories that really turned me off on on, uh, on uh, non-tested shows. Yeah. I'll give you three instances. On the very first show I went to in Northern Kentucky in 2005, um, uh, an older guy befriended me because I was doing the 50-plus and I was 61 as my first show, and he was doing the 50-plus, and he was also over 60, but he was a vet. He had a great body from the neck down. He had a face look like he was 70. Well, he comes up to me after prejudging, and he says, Hey, Scott, i got to go home. Um, I said, What's the matter? I won't even give you his name. I said, What's the matter? He said, ah, I just peed up a bunch of blood, and I, I don't feel good. So he went home, and he never came back. This guy was using at 60 to, to win a $20 trophy. What's wrong with that picture? Good. That's the first deal. God. The was an instant. The second deal was an NPC show I did in Gadsden, Alabama last year. I watched a 20-year-old man on the, on the floor in the pump-up room screaming in agony in a full-body cramp. He couldn't unwind anything. His, thing, his, his fists were Holy he was God. in a position on the floor, and he was in absolute agony, agonizing pain because he had messed up his cycle. He tried to fix it with prescription diuretics, and he just drained himself, and he had to be rushed to the emergency room. He had a pumping full of electrolytes, and he almost died. And, let me see. And Good Lord. Yeah. Just, I'm trying to remember what just some of these, just some of these that, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the first one, why would you go to that extent to, to have the, uh, that type of a result? It's I mean, I mean, two are enough, and, and, and the atmosphere, oh, I, I remember the third one, it is worth seeing. The third one was at that uh, Atlantic USA show that I went to. Uh, there was a very yeah. cocky guy backstage who kept saying, the Open's got to go through me, which means he felt he was going to win the overall. The Open's yeah. going to go through me. Well, uh, he placed fourth in his weight class, and he went backstage with his fourth place trophy and smashed it against the wall and started Holy to cut the judges crap. out. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. This guy was absolutely at a roid rage. So, you know, you go backstage at a, at a tested show, everybody's jovial, the facilitators are happy, nobody's gloomy, everybody's upbeat, everybody's high-fiving, everybody's kidding each other, hey, man, look at these guys, yeah, you ain't got nothing, look at this, and they're laughing about it. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. You have a great time backstage in the pump-up area, and you have a great time competing, everybody hands on stage, and, you know, these, and, and by the way, there are pro-opportunities in these organizations for um, the, for natural athletes too. You don't have to be in the NPC to compete in the uh, IBFF. You can the NGA has a pro class, the OSB has a pro class, the INBF has a pro class, um, and they're all growing. Now, yes, the, the the prize money is not the greatest, but look at it this way: these guys that are, are into muscle enhancing drugs are yeah. spending about a thousand dollars a month on their habit. And that's just to be in the NPC before you go to the nationals, the junior nationals. Guys like Ronnie Coleman and and uh, Jay Cutler, 
to, uh, you know, those guys are spending $100,000 a year. Yeah, they have sponsors, and they're on picture mag, you know, they're in magazines, and Joe oh, yeah. takes care of them and all that kind of stuff. But what, what are they doing? They're spending thousands and thousands of dollars for their own, uh, you know, for, to make them look like freaks. It's just, and that, that's not the way people want to look. And these, these audiences, you know, there, there is a hardcore group of people who will go to Las Vegas, and they'll go to the Olympia, and they'll get all excited about seeing these huge monsters stand on the stage. You know, there may be there may be a thousand pro bodybuilders in the IBFF. Twelve of them are making a living. Okay, yeah. and the rest of them are struggling, and you know they have part-time jobs, they have other jobs, and they're doing and they're pro bodybuilders on the side. That's, and that's not why you're going to get into it. There's not a huge amount of money in bodybuilding. You get into it for the love of the sport. If you're going to give in, if you're going to give into it, if you're going to do it for the love of the sport, then love the sport and do it naturally. Well, I'll tell you, that's, 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 a, that's a great <laughs> message. It's been a very, very interesting talk. We're definitely going to have to check, check in with you sometime this fall. Uh, keep us updated on your, uh, on your career, man. It's been Well, I will, and, and if I can give one more plug. I'd, oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I would, I'd love for you to, to visit www.bodybuildingsenior.com. It's got some good articles on training for your first competition on diets, on family considerations, or, uh, um, uh, you know, because you've got to have your family behind you to do yeah. this, or don't bother, because it's a, it's a lifestyle uh, issue. And uh, basically, my, my, my opening line basically says on my, on, my web, on my home page, you know, God gave us our body. It's up to us to do, it, do, with, what it, do, it, do with it as we will, but, it's, but we should be doing the right things with it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I appreciate the interview. I will uh, get you. Uh, welcome back to the Jiggy Jig While You Show. Speaking with Nick. Uh, what's the website again? Fitstep.com. There it is. Uh, what do you guys do there? Uh, basically, we're more of an informational site. We provide uh, unique training programs for people who um, are interested in something a little bit beyond the your kind of training. Yeah. Uh, Give us a little example of uh, what you have on the on the website. Uh, what we've got there is uh, a lot of unique exercises. Uh, that's my main focus right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically stuff like um, exercises for the abs that you've never seen before, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> What's the website, by the way, for people to check out while we're uh, doing while they're listening to the interview? It's uh, fitstep.com. F I T S T E P dot com. There you go. How long have you had the website going? Uh, it's been going about five years now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, what motivated you to get involved with doing the site? Uh, basically, my main focus um, was I was looking for a way to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, I knew I had a lot of unique information to offer, and uh, you know, just teaching people one at a time just wasn't enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now I have a mailing list of about 50,000. Wow. Yeah, it's a, I reach a pretty sizable group of people with that every month. That is impressive. Um, what have been some of the reactions you've gotten from, uh, from people who have checked the website? Has it, has it been mostly positive? It's basically been all positive. Yeah. Um, with two scattered exceptions. I mean, a lot of people, sometimes they feel... They just have just enough knowledge to be dangerous kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, they see new stuff, and they don't really understand why it's better for them. And they kind of get their haggles up on that sometimes. But uh, for the most part, yeah, we get a lot of great uh, comments about the website. Well, I noticed. are really interested in the uh, unique information that we present there. Yeah, I noticed you guys have a lot of unique information. Uh, I noticed you've got uh, the Training Equipment Review Product of the Month, the AmpVar. Give us a... I've never seen one of these. I've been involved in weightlifting for a very long time, and I've never seen an amp bar. What is that exactly? Uh, that's actually um, one of the most unique uh, pieces of equipment I've reviewed. It's um, the, that's even hard to explain. It's almost like a four-armed barbell. Yeah. you got two different um, sections that you can put weight on, and the two of the handles you can actually rotate. Wow. So that, um, you get to, yeah, you get a really a different angle, and it puts, leverage stress on the muscles rather than just straight, like you would with lifting curling a regular barbell. Yeah. You're actually putting the weight out in front of you and using leverage to lift it. Wow. It's a really unique concept. 
pleased to review that one. It's, uh, Looks it's interesting. It's a lot of fun to review that one. Um, I noticed you've got a, uh, on the navigation portion, you got the uh, the free library. What can people find in there? you got all sorts of things. Yeah, in the library, we've got um, a lot of exercise information. Uh, we've got uh, stuff on stretching, uh, cardio training. We've got, uh, I'm actually in the process of adding a lot of uh, exercise technique information to the uh, library area. Yeah. And uh, but we also have our newsletter archive in there, too, which is uh, back issues of 43, 43 of our last issues of the newsletter. Wow. What can people uh, expect when they sign up for the newsletter? Uh, basically, you're you're going to be getting the most unique information out there right now. Um, with wow. all the modesty, it's you know it's hard to be modest when I'm talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, really unique uh, training information that you just won't find anywhere else. Every single month. Yeah. Yeah. Every month I try and bring something that my personally that I would want to read. Yeah. And uh, that's the approach I take with it. You know, I'm not looking to fill it up with stuff that you can read anywhere else, like in every muscle bag, any any week of the year. Yeah. This is all unique and interesting. What do you think of the uh, the big fitness craze that's kind of taken over the last couple of years? Is it uh, has it benefited sites like yours and others, or oh, have you really seen yeah. it I mean, increase? It's, it's always good when people take an interest in fitness. You know, yeah. Uh, nothing but good can come of that unless they're uh, messing themselves up on low carb diets or they don't know how to do properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I've seen a few occasions of that. Yeah. Uh, Eating the beef and butter diet, you know, it's not quite how it should be. But uh, for the most part, it's a very good thing. People are getting more involved in that. Yeah. Well, I noticed you got some uh, articles, or someone sent me some uh, links that you guys have on uh, bodybuilding.com. Give us a little information on those. Yeah, I started working with them, I think, about three years ago. And yeah. uh, a lot of the articles are uh, ones that I actually have appearing on my. Uh, newsletter as well. I uh, bring those over to bodybuilding.com as well. And those, again, those are focused on unique information, too, and uh, stuff that you won't find anywhere else. How did you uh, get started with uh, fitness, period? Did, was it a thing that you've always been involved with? or? Yeah, uh, absolutely. In fact, uh, my father is actually even more of a, a fitness nut than I am. Um, he's the one who I was originally my role model for that. He's 70 years old, and last summer he roller skied across Canada. Wow. Coast to coast, spent three months roller skied every day and covering about uh, 60 miles a day yeah. every single day. <laughs> you can imagine that fitness right there. <laughs> so that's, that's what I grew up with, and uh, I grew up with my dad having a basement full of pipes that he welded together for uh, weight equipment. Oh, yeah, and uh, it just seems like, a, a, you know, that's such a big thing, fitness and uh, having it in your background and then getting it and then going with a passion for it and everything. Uh, have you done any competitive bodybuilding or anything? Uh, no, I haven't. I so, yeah. Um, that's not really been my focus. My focus has been more on uh, the average person, you know, what it yeah. takes the average person to get, you know, bigger, leaner, stronger, that kind of thing. Yeah. Not really interested in the... Uh, how big can you get and how symmetrical and all that. Because most people, you know, they don't really have much of an interest in that either. Yeah. They're, it's get it's stronger, build some muscle. Yeah. Well, what is the uh, the basic workout someone would need if they wanted to just be a little bit healthier? They've already kind of got a, a pretty good uh, health, you know, thing going, but they just wanted to be a little bit healthier. Uh, basically, the first thing I would recommend is somebody get started with some, uh, even just body weight exercises like push-ups, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Crunches, pull-ups, you know. Just uh, do those three times a week, you know. You know three sets of push-ups, three sets of pull-ups, some squats, some lunges, you know. That's a great place to start for most people. You know, as you get more into it, you can move into the, um, the weightlifting part of it. But, uh, you know, even if you just have time for some push-ups, that's better than nothing. You know, you're going to yeah. see some results. Why do you think uh, body weight exercises are not a, a big thing anymore? I know that it seems like you read in magazines or you see on the Internet people are trying to gravitate more towards the weightlifting aspect instead of doing just basic dips and pull-ups and push-ups and crunches. Yeah, and a lot of people tend to focus more even on the machines now sometimes too. Yeah. And uh, 
just like a cyclical thing. You know, people are going to swing one way and then they're going to swing the other way. And uh, for the past few years, there's been a lot of uh, focus on core training and stability training. And uh, in many ways, the fitness industry has gone way overboard with that. Yeah. And you see somebody standing on top of a, a ball, you know, pulling on a rubber band and doing handstands on it. It's just crazy. And then so people are almost like with the low carb thing, they're rebelling against that and going completely in the other direction. Yeah. The best approach is a combination of both. Well, with um, the average person doing, you know, exercises and everything, do they really need supplements or is that just something that sports people and bodybuilders and power lifters would need? And to be quite honest, um, most people don't really need uh, all those supplements. Yeah. Um, even just a basic multivitamin and even if you're weight training, I'd recommend protein powder. But bottom line, those supplements that you see in the magazines are basically just filling up the pages and trying to make money. Yeah. You're not, you're not even going to see that much difference in results unless you're already training very hard and you're getting proper nutrition and you've got everything in order. Then you might benefit from some of the supplements. But uh, most people tend to think that the supplement's going to do the work for them. Yeah. Well, I noticed you had a, an article on bodybuilding.com, training tips, single limb training. Uh, is that got something to do with uh, focusing on one body part? And, you know, if you have a lagging body part, or is that just for, for people who haven't checked that out, what, what's that all about? Yeah, um, a lot of people um, tend to have different uh, sized limbs. You know, like, say, your yeah. right arm bigger than your left arm. Yeah. Or your right side stronger than your left side. It happens to everybody. And, uh, single limb training can actually help to overcome that. Oh. When you focus on doing just curls with your left arm, for instance, and bring it up to the same level as what you have with your right. Wow. <coughs> Basically, <laughs> you can actually build strength even more efficiently by training one limb at a time so you can focus all your attention on and your, all your, uh, what's called like a neural drive. Yeah. All your nervous system energy can go into that one limb rather than being split between the two. You can actually be stronger training one limb at a time. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, something else I noticed is you've got a uh, creatine cycling uh, article. I know there's a lot of people that do creatine and just at my local gym and uh, just, you know, people doing creatine, period. And they always say to do a cycle of it. But. What if you're not, what What if you've, you know, got the creatine, you've been on creatine, and get off creatine for your off cycle? What can you do to be motivated? Because I've talked to a lot of people that are like, well, you know, when I get off creatine, I'm just not motivated to go to the gym. But when I'm on creatine, I'm motivated to get into the gym all the time. Oh, yeah, and that can definitely happen. You know, it's, uh, as you stay off the creatine, your body's levels of it drop back to normal. Yeah. So you don't feel quite as strong. You don't feel quite as uh, gung-ho to get in there. Yeah. But uh, the approach that I tend to take is not to do a maintenance phase at all, where if I'm looking to um, get some immediate results from creatine, I think the biggest benefit of it is all the water that you do have rushing into your muscles. You can gain that five pounds in two or three, two or three days. So what I do is focus on that short loading period and then don't maintain it so I can just keep on um, reloading like every two or three weeks. Yeah. Oh, that, wow. You know, that punch. That is not a bad little idea. Yeah, I found wow. it to be really effective, much more so than um, staying on creatine long term. Yeah. yeah. yeah what? In my, in, my, in my experience, the body really yeah. responds best to drastic changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it you really, you, when, you, when you shock the body, boom, you know, that's when you see the results. Well, uh, speaking of creatine, there's a, a company out right now, I think it's Cellucor, that has a... Uh, an M M5 is what they call it. It's a it's a creatine. It's a more expensive creatine than just your basic, you know, pro lab creatine monohydrate. And I didn't know if you'd had uh, much feedback or had any experience with that. Yeah, I can tell you what I know about uh, those expensive creatine products. Is yeah. basically, if you look at it like a glass of water, say for instance, in everyday life, your glass of water, your creatine levels are halfway full. Yeah. If you take the expensive creatine, you can't go any higher than full. Yeah. Because when you take the least expensive creatine, as long as it's good quality, it's going to get you full there as well. You know, it may be a difference in how much of it you have to take or how long it takes to get there, but 
you're going to be full. And there's no going beyond that. Yeah. Wow. You know, all the advertising can tell you otherwise. But that's just basically physiology, right? The work right there. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, speaking of advertising, do you think a lot of the uh, the bodybuilding advertising with the supplements and things and some of the magazines, you see them all the time in Muscle and Fitness, do you think that that plays into a, a lot of the fitness craze that's going on right now? People are just chilling out money for supplements and then not really doing a lot in the gym so they don't ever see any results? Or Absolutely. I think um, all the rampant products and advertising just serve to confuse people more than anything. Yeah. And I get questions on my website all the time, you know, should I take this, should I take that, what does this do for me? And the first thing I ask them is, you know, what does your training and your nutrition look like? Yeah. And, you know, it's like a peanut butter sandwich in the afternoon and some cereal in the morning and they skip dinner or something. And uh, then they want to take this $90, you know, miracle supplement that's supposed yeah. to build muscle on them. And, you know, it's like take that money and spend it on some decent food and you'll be all right. There you go. Uh, you've got another article in there about things to do and not to do when first starting an exercise program. What is the most common thing people don't do and do when they start a new exercise program? I'd say the most common thing people do is they uh, they get overzealous right off the bat. Yeah. And they train just to no end, and they get so sore that they can't come back the next day or the next day. And uh, I've actually heard cases of people who didn't know what was happening and went to the emergency room because of muscle soreness. And, uh, no, wow. you know, some people, on the other end, they sometimes don't work nearly hard enough and they don't get any results. Yeah. So between starting out, there's kind of a balance point to between that. you got to give your body a chance to uh, adapt, but at the same time, you got to actually give it a reason to adapt. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've known a lot of people who, you, like you were saying, they're gun ho They want to jump in there. And yeah, I was watching a thing on a Showtime, I think it was, where uh, they were talking about, or well, probably wasn't Showtime, but it was uh, something they were talking about, exercise programs, and about how, I guess, how gyms make a lot of their money is they sign people up to long-term deals and... You know, people go in and they work out like crazy their first couple times they're there, and then they don't come back. And either they don't cancel their membership or they can't get out of it somehow, so they just pay for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to go to uh, Bally's, and the manager told me that if everybody who actually signed up for a training program showed up, then they uh, would have only about room for a third of the people. Like, what, what, what the hell are you doing? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, no wonder you're so strong. You only have to move the bar two inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By pressing the bar, it's coming down two inches, and it goes back up. <laughs> Do you think that the advent of uh, Smith machines, when they when they first came out, uh, did they help or hurt uh, squats and the bench press? Yeah, honestly, I would never use the Smith machine for a squat or bench press. So I think it's actually. Uh, be pretty detrimental. Uh, the yeah. machine can be good for a lot of things, but uh, because it takes away the element of uh, stabilization from the exercise. Yeah. You know, those exercises aren't just a straight up and down movement. And anytime you lock yourself into a straight up and down movement, you're putting a lot of torque on the joint. One oh. of the biggest things I see is that's going to destroy somebody's knees is somebody doing Smith machine squats with their feet about a foot in front of the bar. Oh wow! And, uh, basically leaning back and pushing back into it. That's uh, all that tension goes right into the kneecap and really cause problems. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I yeah. did not know that. I know that there's a there's a ton of people that swear by the Smith machine. And that was interesting. I I learned something there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It can it can be a good for a lot of things. I mean, I I use the yeah. Smith machine for uh, calf raises. You know, that's a straight up and down movement. Yeah. You have to worry about stabilizing the bar, and you can just focus on pushing. But uh, a lot of different exercises. Yeah, it's just not good for for uh, these range of movements, yeah. the uh, plane of movements, I should say. Yeah. You've got a lot of uh, interesting things on your website. You've got the uh, muscle strength section, uh, the fitness equipment reviews. What has been the strangest piece of fitness equipment you've ever had to review? That that you uh, just was just like this is just. Who uses this? <laughs> You're supposed to use that thing. <laughs> you know, that amp bar was probably right up there, actually. Yeah. Um, some of the other stuff I've reviewed is uh, one of the other pieces of cardio equipment was called a CAD key. Yeah. Um, that is, I actually tried those out and uh, met the inventor of them as well up in Wisconsin. And uh, let me tell you, those things are a challenge. <laughs> Those things, man. I thought I was in good shape, you know, hundred hundred yards of using these things, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But uh, it just took a unique mind to invent these things. I'll tell you that. And uh, I had actually had a lot of background in cross-country skiing, so I knew how to do the movement. Yeah. But uh, man, that's great cardio workout. I mean, it just blows anything else out of the water. Well, I noticed another piece of equipment you reviewed was uh, the kettle grip. Why do you think that? With mixed martial arts and some of the boxing guys, and it seems to be a, a, a fitness thing too, just overall fitness, people are using more kettleball stuff. Yeah, and that goes back to um, just the uniqueness of it and uh, the effectiveness yeah. of it, quite frankly. I mean, the kettlebells are very effective strength training tools. Oh, yeah. And just yeah, it's, uh, having the weight just outside the grip like that uh, really puts a very different stress on your body a lot of different things. I and see them just... It builds a lot of stability, and uh, the smaller stabilizing muscles of the body are very important in martial arts, mixed martial arts, and just in, in general strength. Yeah. Well, you've got a uh, you got a background in uh, cardiovascular, and I've noticed a lot of your, your columns and a lot of the things uh, had to do with cardiovascular. If someone were to want to get into shape, but they didn't want to... That they wanted to be in shape like tomorrow type of thing. And I, and I know that a lot of it, it's just not possible. But to yeah. make uh, a big gain, would what would be the one exercise that you would say? Would it be more of a, a bicycling or would it be running on a treadmill? What, what exactly would? I'd say the best cardio exercise, if you can do it, would be interval training running up hills. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, let me tell you, if you've never done that, you're in for uh, a challenge there. Wow. You know, sprint up, you know, maybe 100 yards, sprint, sprint straight up a hill, or even 50 yards. And Damn. And walk back down. <laughs> and uh, you'll know the meaning of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a challenge. I mean, I've gone as far as doing it with uh, weighted vests on. And, well, let me tell you, that's even harder. Wow. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a bad sounds. Hard as crap, frankly. Yep, and it is. No doubt about it. Man, and, and, and something else I wanted to get your thoughts on is uh, it seems to me anymore people are getting into uh, 
women are getting into this cardio kickboxing. And then you say a lot of the men getting into into kickboxing programs. Uh, why not the crossover? Is it just you know a manly thing? I'd you know rather hit a bag than be hit in the air. Yeah, I think it's more of a you know men like the contact of it. And, yeah, know, a testosterone thing probably. Um, but it's just the. Um, Sorry, I just kind of lost my train of thought. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, basically, I think it's just the uh, the approach to it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of women I know actually really enjoy hitting the heavy bag. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, it could be just um, a gender thing. Yeah. Boys are more aggressive naturally and are being raised more aggressively, so they tend to want that contact. Well, I noticed that uh, the cardio kickboxing seems to be the big thing. That and... Uh, Pilates. Is Pilates useful at all, or is it just a bunch of crap? <laughs> Actually, it, it does have its uses. I mean, yeah. it's, um, I wouldn't even say it's like your best overall fitness tool. Yeah. But it it can be very good for flexibility and for um, you know somebody who wants a more lower intensity kind of exercise to start with. Yeah. Um, it can build some good strength too. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, something else, I've. I've talked. I've had a couple bodybuilders on the program recently, and some of them have uh, made reference to doing yoga. And I noticed that that seems to be—I don't know if it was flex or if it was muscle and fitness. I think it was probably muscle and fitness. I've seen this in several months ago uh, about how many bodybuilders are getting into doing yoga because of the whole flexibility thing. Is oh, is yoga going to be like the next big craze for people in bodybuilding, or? I don't think, to be honest, that it'll ever really go that far. Yeah. But I think it's a, like with Pilates, it's a useful uh, tool in the trade. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it'll ever replace replace anything as far as weight training goes. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, more targeted to flexibility, and it's basically the origin of all movements is yoga. That was the very first kind of exercise that people did. Yeah. Well, I've noticed a lot. Um, there's a buddy of mine actually that ended up. Uh, he moved some furniture one time and ended up getting a back injury and started doing yoga and managed to work through it. And yeah. he swears by yoga now. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yoga can really do wonders it's, uh, when you have a good instructor provided. Yeah. Uh, there are some quacks out there. <laughs> and uh, they can teach you some stuff that you really shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You know, if it might be too advanced for what your level is, if you're first starting out, you're not going to, shouldn't be doing anything standing on your head. Yeah. That kind of thing, but some instructors, you know, have people jump right in on that, and that's not good. Yeah. I noticed that a lot of the, uh, just recently, with, uh, well, with the big mixed martial arts craze that's kind of taken over, uh, there's a lot of people doing, and we talked about this earlier, doing uh, the cardio kickboxing, doing the cross training between the, the weightlifting and the martial arts. Why do you think for so long... The bodybuilders, the weightlifters, they didn't do martial arts. The martial artists didn't pick up a dumbbell or do any type of uh, quote-unquote weight weight training. I think a lot of times with martial arts, they had the uh, impression that weight training would decrease their flexibility. Yeah. And that's critical for martial arts. And, uh, you know, with more experienced people have seen that. It doesn't actually have that effect on flexibility. And you can, you know, obviously... Do flexibility training and overcompensate for anything that you get there. But uh, bodybuilders, I can't really tell you why they wouldn't want to do martial arts. Yeah. It's because they saw martial artists who were small and skinny because the martial artists didn't do any weight training. Yeah. You know, kind of a cyclical kind of deal. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's been a uh, very interesting conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back on. This yeah, has been, a, we'll be this has been on. an interesting talk. I've learned a lot of different things that I did not know before this interview. Yeah. But uh, we'll keep checking out fitstep.com. And uh, do you contribute regularly to uh, bodybuilding.com as far as articles and everything go, or is that just an every once in a while thing? Yeah, I contribute pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, every chance I get, I send them some new stuff. So That's cool. I've got about 40, 45 articles on there right now. That's cool. So um, when do you send your, uh, you mentioned your newsletters earlier, when uh, 
where can people sign up for those on the website, and uh, how often do you send those out? Um, there's sign-up boxes on the top of every single page on the site. Yeah. A yellow strip just across the top, you can sign up there. And those will usually come out about once a month. Yeah. Okay. How, how long do you spend on gathering the information for those? It uh, can range between you know three to five hours, sometimes more. Yeah. So it's a matter of putting together you know some good quality information and making sure it's well written. And that's for me that's a really important thing too is that it's well written and easy to read and understand and use. Oh, that's cool. Well, I appreciate the interview. Uh, definitely have to have you back on, like I mentioned, and uh, continue success with the website, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks. I will uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.